Hi, all, and welcome to Latte and Laundry. I'm Suzanne Billadeau. And I'm Julie Loring. And this is a podcast, two best friends on a mission in finding balance in motherhood, wifehood, sisterhood, and everything in between as we attempt to crawl towards the greater height that Christ has called each of us, sainthood. So if you are also far from perfect but are trying, then you are in good company. So grab a latte and some laundry and join us as we laugh, cry, encourage one another, and dust each other off as we journey towards stilling our souls while moving our world. Hey guys, welcome back. back. Okay, so first I just want to say thank you so much for coming back and joining us again. Um, We've just been getting a lot of really positive feedback lately that's been just like delightful for our hearts. I'm using that word delightful. Delight, delight. If you didn't hear last week's episode, that was our word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and we just, if you're new to our podcast, welcome. You are always welcome here. Um, We really love this this, um, journey that Christ has placed us on to walk alongside other women or people in general on our mission to kind of still ourselves in Christ while we continue to be mamas, wives, workers, just women and people of this world. So, we are excited to continue on with our mini series that we're doing on transcendentals. Transcendentals. Big word. Big but word. again, all it means yes. is beauty, goodness, and truth. Yes. So last week, if you did not hear our episode on beauty, take a listen to that because that's going to lead into some of the stuff we're talking about today. But alone, this episode will hopefully still share some some light, some beautiful light, beautiful on, the, light. on on um, goodness, which is what we're going to dive in today. So before we jump into talking about it. I'm going to open up with our Bible verse, um, which comes from, um, this is Ephesians. James. James. (laughs) My phone just shut down. I had the reading on it. We were going back and forth on a few. Um, James 1, 17, which says, all good giving and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no alteration or shadow caused by change. Mm-hmm. All good gifts. All good gifts. Yep. From All above. good giving. Yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about goodness. But as you've probably noticed, beauty, goodness, and truth go pretty much yeah, in hand. Like, so I we like overlap this is similar a lot. to our virtues where we talk yes. about one is like the main meat of the Especially the carnal virtues, they kind of like all went You're together. Like, but they're kind of all, yeah. They're so kind of all this same. might be a little bit of that. We probably can't do one episode without referencing the No, other it's impossible. Two, but, so you're just going to have to yeah. take it in. But um, no, we're really, like I said, we're really excited about all of this, um, these transcendentals, the things that transcend us. So yep. we all, again, we all have beauty. We all have goodness. We all have truth that is within us. You can't take it away. It's there. It's part of who we are. It's our being. So when we're looking today at our goodness, um, I think that that word has kind of been muddled. Oh my gosh. What is goodness, right? I remember um, watching a show where the person's like, you know, I'm a good person. And I remember even as I was pretty young and I was like, I don't even know what that means. What does that mean to be a good person, Mm. right? So when we're talking about that, we're not talking about like societal view of goodness. We're talking about God's goodness. We're talking about things that are beyond us, things that transcend us. So the goodness of God and that gift that is given to us that we are meant to show the world Mm. what is good. Um, But again, that kind of leads back to the beauty of God being revealed to us. That leads to that desire. I want to know what is good, right? So the beauty kind of like opens our eyes to see God. And then the goodness is kind of like, 
okay, I want that. Mm-hmm. I want that goodness. Yep. And um, just to give a quick example, I know Bishop Aaron, we've talked about this in the past, kind of has this example with like baseball, like the first time he went to a baseball game. Do you remember that podcast? Yep. Oh, yeah. And and we, like I said, we mentioned it before. I used theater as the example, but for him, he used baseball. Like when I saw baseball for the first time, it was beautiful. It was like his eyes were like, I want in on this. And then he starts playing and he starts watching and he sees the goodness of it. You know, the, the goodness of, working out and, and becoming fit and and all the pieces that go together, it was good. And he wanted to enter into it. So mm-hmm. it's the goodness of something that helps us want to enter into it. Yeah, I love that. But it's a really like, it's a heady concept. Goodness for me, I don't know about you, Suzanne, is the, probably the hardest one. I was going to say, between beauty, goodness, and truth, goodness, I was like, okay. I don't get it. It's a little harder to like to put like your, wrap your head around unless you're like some intense philosopher, which Julie's basically married to one. Yes. Um, it's really hard sometimes to wrap your head around, which is why we're like, okay, we need to do these episodes too because it's so good for us to to do this. And again, it's this idea of like, we talked about last um, week with regards to being open to recognizing beauty and being ready for the promptings of the Holy Spirit because we, we are just drawn into greater communion with God when we can see His beauty be revealed to us, his very essence be revealed to us through these different things that he reveals to us. It's a similar idea with goodness. And I think um, a lot of times in this world, what is good, like you said, can get really muffled. Yes. And uh, often, I think I was, was it Matt Fratt? I was listening to a talk on it. Yes. Yeah, he he has like a great like 10 minute clip on it. Yeah, and we should probably put that in the show notes. He talks about it really. 100%. 100%, I love it. But he talks about that idea that, um, uh, goodness is often really muffled. That we and I, I love this thing he said, where he said that we never do anything that we don't believe is good for us. And people are like, wait, wait. When I first heard him say this, I'm like, no, that's a lie. That's a because lie. Yeah. People do things that are sinful all the time. All the time. However, mm-hmm. there is an apparent goodness that they're seeking through it. So he gives the example of pornography, where he says, okay, well. Um, I'm going to go look at pornography. You don't do that going, I want to look at pornography because I know it's not good for me. No, you do it because there's this desire that you think will be satisfy good. You will you. satisfy in this goodness that you will satisfy, that you're desiring. And he says, of course, it's an apparent good. It's not a real good. Um, but that we are innately, as humans, always desiring to do what is good. But the world often um, muffles what that is for us. That really can mess up what we understand. So when you surround yourself with things that aren't good, and if you think about it, um, it's like, uh, I think it's one, yeah, it's 1 Corinthians 15, 33. We can give this example of just with regards to what kind of company you keep, mm. which says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Absolutely. It's the same thing with what we enjoy in this world, not just the people we spend time with, but if you are spending time doing things that are inherently bad because you're seeking a good, an apparent good, it actually, you actually start to believe. You actually like transform your mind, your intellect to believe that this thing is good. Absolutely. So you seek it more and you seek it more. And then you are really uncomfortable with things that are actually good, which that don't are now truly look good. good, that don't now look good. And he gives, Matt Fratt had given a perfect example, right? Yes. I'm sure you heard it yeah. on diet. And I think this is a perfect example because when I did the Whole30 diet years ago, I remember, and I still eat relatively healthy, but when I started doing the Whole30 diet, I joined my sister because she was preparing for her wedding. 
So it wasn't on like my radar or something I wanted to do. And I would say I ate relatively healthy, yeah. just like not intentional. I wasn't like a big fast food eater or anything like that. But I, yeah, I still liked my junk. When I did the whole 30, I remember towards the tail end of doing the whole 30. I remember, and, and if anybody knows me, especially in my teenage years, fries were my weakness. I kid you not, people. I used to drive to McDonald's on my way home from school every day to get a supersized fry. It was $2.11. And I always made sure I had $2 because I didn't even have credit cards at the time. $2.11 <laughs> in my car, ready to get my supersized fry with like three sweet and sour Brilliant. sauces. Okay? Brilliant. Okay, so that is not good. That is not <laughs> good for you, right? So if anybody knows me, you know that my weakness is French fries. That's always been my thing. So I remember um, being at a diner with my sister and my future brother-in-law. They're about to be married. And my husband. Um, and we had all been doing the whole 30. And I remember I went to go to the bathroom. And I walked by this person who had a plate full of fries and just like a greasy bunch of stuff. And I just remember going, huh, I don't even like want that. Like yeah. the desire for it was because my new sense of good and my desire towards good had been altered because I exposed myself to a lot of healthy, good eating that I actually started to desire it more. Mm. And that became what was truly good. Not just like, well, it sucks, but I'm going to do it for the diet sake of it. It actually became what was good. And you um, desire any, the good. Right. And any scientific person or doctor could say, yeah, no, actually that diet and eating, at least even if you're not doing the whole 30, but eating within that realm of not eating a bunch of processed junk or, you know, sweets all the time or whatever is good. Like there's a truth behind it that's good for our bodies. Yeah. And I acclimated to it where I actually desired that good. But if I spend my whole life eating fast food, sweets, junk, and all this stuff, then that's going to be what's good, apparently good right. to me. And so if somebody then says, hey, do you want this salad? It could be like the most delicious salad. And my husband always thinks I'm like joking when I'm like, <laughs> I'm actually really obsessed with like good, fun salads. Like I would choose that over a sandwich, not to be healthy, just I actually desire it. Okay. So, but I say, I guess being healthy is good too. But um, like if people, someone was to offer somebody this amazing, delicious, exotic salad with avocados and nuts and grilled chicken and all these delicious things, but your diet was so used to junk. Doritos, Doritos and soda, right? That will not be good to you. You actually muddle your sense of goodness. Yeah. And that is like, we can look at that from not just the diet perspective, but from the spiritual life perspective of, are we muddling our goodness mm. with what we are, our understanding of goodness with what we're exposing ourselves to? With that beauty first, are we exposing ourselves to a lot of ugly so that we aren't fully aware and of the good. I right? think you're exactly right. Exactly right. Matt Frad in that episode that Suzanne's talking about, um, we'll definitely put in the show notes because it's a quick listen, it's like but it's powerful or something. Yeah. So powerful. But he talks exactly about that. He's like, if you've grown up on soda and Doritos or whatever it is, and someone places before you orange juice, yep. you're gonna be like, no, like I want, I want what I want. And yep. And he says, that has nothing to do with the goodness. That has something to do with you. you. Yep. So you have now transformed yourself to look at what is good as bad. So um, when I was talking with Mike about this, um, he said there's certain things that are subjective. So I can drive past Dairy Queen. I used to work at Dairy Queen as a kid. That was like my very first job. And I loved everything about their food, everything about mm. it. It made me happy in a way, like, like temporarily. So... There's subjective goodness. Yep. It's about the subject. I am going to eat this cheeseburger and I'm going to enjoy it. It is subjectively good because I enjoy it. But then there's an objective goodness that goes higher, yep. right? And this is, I am going to eat this broccoli. I don't enjoy it, 
but I'm going to eat it because it's good for me. And so what Suzanne was talking about, the Whole30 is so brilliant because it's it's saying, okay, subjectively, that cheeseburger, those french fries, they're, they're not good for me. So I'm going to do what's objectively good for me. Eat the broccoli, eat the salads, do the Whole30. I'm not going to enjoy it, but I know objectively this is goodness. Mm-hmm. But then we take it a step further. And, and when we can open our minds and our hearts and everything about what is good, we actually do start delighting yep. in it. Yeah. And our bodies crave it. Yeah. We desire mm-hmm. it. It turns, it changes. Um, and in this hierarchy, even in this, um, it's called um, intrinsic value of goodness. So in this intrinsic value of goodness, there's even a hierarchy. What is good? Well, guess what? We are the greatest good. Yeah. Right? I mean, God. God. But God created us to be the greatest good. When God mm. created, like we said in the last episode, it was very good, right? So when when God finished all of his creation and delighted in it. He delighted the most in us. And that right there is like mind-blowing that he would delight so much in us. And we therefore have that goodness within us. But Mm -hmm. if we cannot open our eyes to see it, and and if we have allowed the world to kind of like taint what is good, Mm -hmm. then we almost need a detox. Yes. Right? Like the whole 30 is that like— It's a detox. Yeah. And, And it can be from music. It can be from um, Netflix. Yeah. It can be from whatever. And I know Matt Fratt, again, in this episode, talks about Netflix. He goes, turn off Netflix and pick up a book. And he says, I know a lot of you aren't readers, but he talks about um, uh, Flannery O'Connor. Yeah. Um, she has these like little clip short stories that you can pick up and read, and they're really easy, super delightful to read. Um, he said, like, force yourself, like, push that change. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, we've joked about this in the past episodes of like, TV is my, like, I, I just, I love TV. So for Mike and I, we give up TV for Lent. And, and we've joked about this, like, well, what do you do? If you're not watching TV, what do you do? And, and there's such a goodness in turning off the TV and, and doing something like opening your mind to something mm-hmm. beautiful, like a book. And I was talking to Brother Pius. He keeps coming up in these because I've been chatting with him so much. He's like, Lord of the Rings, there's so much beauty in Tolkien. And if, you're, and if you don't see the goodness in what he has written, it's not so, anything wrong with Tolkien. Right. It's not anything wrong with his talent that God gave him. It has something to do with you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, it's like when we we accept the lack of goodness and that becomes our new, um, what do you want, measuring Standard. stick? Mm-hmm. Our new measuring stick. Yeah. And so then we can't even like recognize goodness. And I think um, I was reading the, uh, just like, the, I was trying to get a better sense of like the history of goodness and this concept of mm. the transcendentals and all this stuff. And I was reading that the church fathers, that their their chief concern is to affirm that God is the supreme good. Yes. Like, I mean, we talked about this before. He is beauty. He is goodness. He is truth, right? And that he is the creator of all that exists and that creatures derive their own goodness from him. Like he already dwells within us. His goodness, God himself, already dwells within us, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's important for us to even recognize when we're struggling with somebody that might seem sinful or bothering us. I'm like, that God's goodness dwells there. And it's whether or not we are open to allowing the graces and the fruit of his spirit to work through us. And uh, Matthew 7, 16 says it perfectly because it says, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Mm. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles, right? And so it's super important that, like we talked about with beauty, that we expose ourselves to goodness, surround ourselves with goodness, the objective goodness, right? Where you can, it's not just about our own subjective, 
feelings what or how, fills what, me what, in the what moment. fills me up. But right. we actually, again, we've talked about this before with regards to just community and relationships. And I think it's, I will always be um, a big advocate for um, good community and friendships and then the need and the power of it. But if you surround yourself with people that you always feel like, oh, well, I'm not doing what they're doing, so I'm good. Your act, that again is this whole world's sense of um, muffling Mm. and really like lowering our goodness standards that's actually not objectively true. Like, you know what I mean? And so, absolutely. So it's so important that we continue to recognize that and we spend time with not always be like, oh, well, that person's not, that person made a sin, so I'm not gonna. Okay, people, we're all sinful. I don't mean right, but I just mean because again, what was it last? No, it was this. I just said it. Oh yeah. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And I think that goes hand in hand. And if we, when Matthew 7, 16 wants to talk about, we'll be recognized by our fruit. Mm. If we're constantly allowing things to rot our fruit, we won't be bringing glory to God's kingdom. His goodness already exists in us. But if we like shove that down because we are not taking the intentionality of recognizing his beauty in the world, surrounding ourselves with things that are objectively good. And everybody is also like, we've talked about this before too. We have to pay attention to the properties of the Holy Spirit where he will reveal to us what may not be good in a subjective sense Mm -hmm. in our lives right now, right? And we've talked about this with regards to social media. Um, You could talk about it with regards to television. Some people, television might be their thing that's actually drawing them closer to God because they watch a lot of things that are uplifting and like fills their soul, whatever. Chosen. Hello. Right. So like, TV is not inherently bad. It's not inherently good. It's just, you know what I mean? Yes. It's, it's a tool. It's a that tool. That can be gone. Yes. It can go either yes. way. Yes. And so we have to pay attention yes. to that and ask the Holy Spirit to continuously reveal to us what is going to help us bear that fruit in our lives that can be picked because we are bringing light to His goodness that already dwells in us. And I think practically speaking too, because we're, we're talking again about transcendentals. We're talking about things that are meant to evangelize the world, right? These are things that are... Beauty is meant to evangelize the world. Goodness is meant to evangelize the world. So how can we? How can we bring goodness to the world? And Suzanne said so beautifully in the last episode, it starts in the family, Mm -hmm. right? Our family, if we're putting the time and effort with our children to show them goodness, Mm -hmm. if we are training them up to be fighters for Christ, if we're training them up to be good and kind. and, And I think like one thing for me that I try to be aware of, but I fail is like when I get frustrated with somebody just like, they get my order wrong at the store or or mm-hmm. I'm on the phone with someone and they are being really snippy with me. It's really easy for me to snippy back, but that's not goodness, mm-hmm. right? Goodness is showing my children that I can be patient. And you know what? They wronged me, but I'm still going to love. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go outside of what my quick subjective desire is to just mm-hmm. snap. And I'm going to do what is objectively good and say, no, I am called to more. I am called to goodness. Mm. So I think it starts in the family. It starts with our children and showing them what is good. It can be, again, uh, TV. It can be food. It can be how we treat other people. And in that goodness, we are then transforming the world. And I I know like we have, you know, we have friends, we have family members who might be not in the faith, but it's through how we treat them. Mm -hmm. It's through how we raise our children 
Mm-hmm. It's it's those examples of goodness that's going to transform their hearts to say, I want that. Mm-hmm. I want that for my family. I want to see, I want I, I, what they have. And I know, Suzanne, I joked about this. Like, before we started homeschooling, we'd see these beautiful homeschool families and be like, I, I want, want that. that. <laughs> I, want, I want these amazing children who are like respectful and kind and joyful and goofy. And all, they have all these aspects of like, I want that for my family. Mm-hmm. So it's the goodness that we see that's going to transform people. Mm-hmm. They're going to look at our family and either go, yikes, they're a hot yeah. mess. And we are a hot mess. Don't get us wrong. But like, we're trying. Well, that's it. Like, we want to be a witness of the good in our own homes. Yeah. And again, we're not saying be a witness of the perfection. We're not saying being the witness of never fighting or anything like that, because that is not reality. And if you pretend to be perfection, you're actually not leading to goodness. Pleasant because you're does just, not exist. No, you're just actually intimidating people and turning them off from the good. But yes. if you authentically live and with your heart pivoted towards God with this goodwill desire to be a witness to the good through the love and beauty that exists within your own home, getting through the struggles um, with a patient and grace-filled heart, you know, I think that that is without you even having to try to evangelize the world, those are baby steps in which just our family units in themselves will evangelize the world. So beautiful. And even even the way we talk about our families, the way we talk Mm. about our spouse, the way Mm. we talk about our children to other people, like we see, again, don't get us wrong. We are going to fail. Excuse me. We're going to we're going to have hard days. We're not going to, we're going to be messy. We're going to fight. We're going to fail our children. We're going to, we're going to fail. But when we can show the world what goodness is within our family and try to be that light, um, I think that is what transforms the world. Amen. Right? Yeah. Um, Something really simple, but really interesting to me, this is like a philosophical point about goodness, is goodness is how well someone or something fulfills its purpose. So, Right. So a pair of scissors cuts well, or it doesn't. So it's good if it cuts. So again, this is like philosophical, kind of random, but I thought it was interesting. Like when you say someone has good eyes, they have 20-20 vision, right? These are like practical things. So when we can kind of apply that to ourselves of like, how well are we fulfilling our purpose? What is your calling? Mm -hmm. And it's not to be like robotic about it, but like my calling is to be a mother. How well am I fulfilling that purpose? Am I loving? I'm not called to be perfect, like Suzanne said. Mm -hmm. I'm not called to fail. I'm called to love. And in that, that is what transforms the family. So I just thought that was an interesting point. Like, are you fulfilling your purpose? I'm not. (laughs) Trying every day. I'm trying and failing. No, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I have a quick quote. Yes, Unless there's anything that you want to add I'm trying to think really quick. I'm like, did I have anything else? I don't think so. I feel like, yeah. Like we said, this was like our, probably our hardest one to kind of like wrap our minds around. But Mark, oh, I, I oh, yeah, think please. there was something else that Matt yeah. had said that I feel like is important too, that like um, sometimes goodness is simply found in the silence. Yes. And I felt like that was so important because I think what I love that he said that's also in his video was that, um, so, what did he say? Quiet, silence he and says, quiet. Silence and quiet is not the same thing. Quiet evokes this idea of like the absence of sound where silence is like a fulfillment. It's like an overflow. And I feel like as we, as our mission here on Latte Laundry is to really um, fire up our interior lives so that we can be the wives, the moms, the, the friends, the daughters, the sisters, all these things as we go out into the world. It's so important that we have, we can look for the beauty and the goodness in silence. And that doesn't necessarily mean in a room where there's no children and no 
anything. Because that's that, not going to happen. No, it's in that quietness of the heart, that silence mm. of the heart that's always has our eyes and ears ready um, to allow God to transform our interior life. And I feel like that's really important too, because I feel like, especially in the Western culture, when we say something is good, I mean, I could just talk for days about how— <laughs> know. Again, these again, are like me yes, topics. Yes, I could talk for days about how we distort this idea of um, what's good based on a person, okay? Are they, are they good because did they accomplish X, Y, Z? The worldly sense of accomplishments and stuff. And we just totally dismiss the tiny basic gifts that God has given us through something as simple but beautifully good as silence. Mm. And the power it has to transform our souls and the fruit that will bear, like we talked about with that quote, in our relationships and most importantly, in our home. So I, I think as like a practical also, before we end with Julie's last quote, is um, look for those opportunities of silence. And again, it doesn't mean you won't hear noise. Mm. It's the silence that already exists in your soul that we just have to be open to, right? I I think um, before I end with a quote, um, I met with Father Scanlon uh, when I was at Franciscan, Father Mike Scanlon. um, And he, he was just an amazing man. He passed away a few years ago, but... He told me once that, and honestly, I met with him like one time. So I don't mean to be like, we were like best buddies. No, I met with him once. But I was struggling with something um, as a missionary and I was trying to get his advice on something. And I'm like, how can I hear God? Like, how do I know what Mm. is God and what is not? And just going along this silence idea, he said, the world is like being in the ocean and with the biggest storms. Like this is, your life is going to be chaos, right? There's going to be things coming at you. But when you can go down Mm. deep under, when you can allow those things to keep going above you, but you can enter into the depths of the ocean where it's calm, where it's peace, that is where you will hear the voice of God. And I think that is what silence does. Mm -hmm. Because like Suzanne said, you're not always going to find time away from your kids. There's going to be chaos going on. There's going to be things going on. But we can silence our souls to, to see, to hear what is good, what is beautiful, and what is true but it's in the silence. It's going deep into the ocean, allowing that, those waves, those waves won't stop. Right. But when we can just let it be. Amen. And I loved that. I love that imagery. For me, I'm all about the imagery. I'm like, yeah, I get that. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, So to conclude, um, Mark Hart says, God didn't give Adam and Eve the right to decide what was good and evil. He gave them the right to choose between good and evil. Mm -hmm. So what is good? God has already ordained. What is good for us? What is good for others? What is going to lead us to heaven? That has already been ordained. We can't change that. But what we get is our free will to decide, do we enter into the goodness? Mm. And if we haven't yet, that's okay. If we if we aren't living, which Suzanne and I are always failing, right? Like we're mm-hmm. not here being like, we got it all figured out. Yep, no. We are literally doing this podcast so we can try more to figure it mm. out. But it's our job to recognize, like Suzanne said, to be aware of what God is revealing to us as good. So if we have that thing that's kind of like holding us back. Like, let's pray about it. Mm. Let's enter into the goodness. Cool. Cool, cool. guys. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next week when we wrap up with truth. Yes, I'm so excited. (laughs) Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Suzanne and Julie's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on each week's episode. Please consider leaving a review and sharing with a friend so they can continue to spread God's message. You can also follow them on Instagram and latteandlaundry.com.